Welcome to Light the Lamp here on Duck Stream, presented by Gettle. I'm your host, Alexis Downey. Exciting news. Gettle is now the official HVAC partner of the Anaheim Ducks and the Honda Center. Keeping things cool on the ice and warm at home. Gettle, your trusted HVAC and plumbing partner. Visit gettle.com slash ducks for exclusive promotions. G-O-E-T-T-L. We make comfort easy to spell. Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downey. Happy to welcome on to light the lamp now, the talented stick handling specialist, Pavel Barber. Pavel, so great to have you join us today. How's your week been going? Yeah, great. Just got back from a boys' pond hockey weekend, so couldn't be better. (laughs) Where was that at? Uh, Halliburton, Ontario, home of uh, Matt Duchesne. <laughs> That's pretty cool that they have, I mean, that opportunity for you to do that too. And just playing pond hockey. I mean, being in Canada, you get to do that all the time. Oh yeah. I live in Toronto. We got like 55 outdoor rinks, so no need to hop on the pond too much. They surface it for us, but we're pretty, uh, yeah, we're pretty, pretty blessed in Toronto for sure. Being in the Toronto area, will you be heading to the all-star game that's upcoming? Yeah, absolutely. I'll be there. Uh, a bunch of my buddies coming too. So yeah, I look forward to that. It should be a sweet time. Are you going to be doing anything special for that? Anything you can share? Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> one thing they're not telling people, but usually we go to these all-star games. We get to go on the NHL ice, shoot with uh, some of the NHL guys there for the morning. Um, they give us some ice time on the side to do whatever videos they want to do, trick shots, whatever. Uh, and then they have something else that's pretty exciting. I don't know if I can talk about, but yeah, it should it's be good, awesome. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And, you know, our all-star Frank Vetrano will be there. So make sure you say hello to him for Ducks fans. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about your upbringing and how you got started in hockey and all of that good stuff. So, Pavel, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in the Toronto area? And how did, of course, I mean, being in Canada, hockey's everywhere. But how did you get started playing? Yeah, I grew up in Toronto, uh, east end of Toronto and like uh, kind of called Riverdale area of Toronto. And uh, I just I was a kid who grew up on the outdoor rinks, um, you know, played a lot of hockey in the GTHL, but didn't really have too much money to throw around for private lessons. So I would just head to the outdoor rink before school, after school. I just loved hockey, loved messing around. I just enjoyed being out there every waking moment. So, um, you know, I think that's a big reason why I do what I do today. It's it's definitely like from childhood that was all I wanted to do uh, I was always enjoyable it was pretty much all my friend group is met through hockey so um yeah growing up in Toronto for a hockey fan is uh it doesn't get much better than that who did you idolize growing up I was a huge Paul Crea fan at first uh when you know when he was in his uh when I was younger and he was still playing uh he was my number one guy mm. Uh, and then eventually, uh, Pavel Datsuk, I just became really obsessed with him. That was more towards when Paul Korea had retired, obviously had those, uh, concussion, uh, injuries and, and stuff like that, which was sad. Cause I remember watching him university of Maine coming up, uh, playing on the ducks, whenever he was just insane Timu Solani, huge fan of the dynamic duo there and the ducks. Uh, and that's why I actually grew up being a ducks fan and, oh watching a lot of their their games and and all that uh definitely uh was a huge fan of Paul Cree. I think I got a lot of bobbleheads and and memorabilia <laughs> <at> him. <laughs> Did you ever get to see him play live? 
Never got to see him play. Actually, no, I definitely did. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to, I think, one or two games when they played the Leafs. Uh, we'd get tickets every other year-ish. Uh, and I did. Yeah, I got to see him live probably two times, I think, uh, which was unreal, surreal experience. Very cool. Well, I have to tell you, too, this is actually the Paul Korea studio that I am sitting in. That's the name of our studio here in Anaheim. No yeah, yeah. We have, no uh, to my left... We have some of his game used equipment and we have pictures on the wall and it's it's pretty neat that he has his, his own room and now it's our studio. We're lucky to be a part of that. Yeah. Oh man. Like <laughs> I still go back and watch his highlights. Like he oh. was kind of before his time with his skill set. Uh, would have been great if he played in today's game with his style of play uh, being a smaller skilled player, but he, man, he was so effective even back then when it was tougher uh, as a smaller guy to get around, he was just phenomenal. Kind of going along with that, when did you start getting creative with your game and just really getting into the skills part of it? Yeah, that kind of happened, I guess, a little bit later. Like I was always one of those kids, like when I was eight years old, that's when Mike Legg hit the first ever Michigan. And I was one of the first kids to just like try it out. And I was I was failing all over the place. I didn't know how to do it, but just trying it out to to scoop a puck on your stick and just from there, I was always one of those guys who just loved to take it to the next level, do the 360 toss into the net, try and put it between the legs. Rob Heisey was the first to do that. Um, and just, I guess, when I started the social media thing, that's when it really ramped up. Uh, I, I guess when Instagram introduced videos, I was really trying some other cool stuff, whether it was lacrosse style stuff or just inventing different shootout moves that probably aren't high percentage. You wouldn't want to use them in games, whatever. <laughs> But I always had that kind of just like creative mindset for what hasn't been done yet. And let's try and do it. How do you come up with those different things? Just you you just look into different areas and just just kind of come up with them. Yeah, like a lot of it's stuff that's already been done. You're trying to push a little bit further. Um, and then some of them you're building on different combinations. So things that are already exist, you're trying to do one move into another that hasn't been done yet. And then there's some you just full on make up yourself where you're like, oh, like, you know, I can do a 360 like Zoro toss, but what if I throw it behind my back into the air and then catch it and drag it in the air, whatever. Uh, you know, it's it, a lot of it's trial and error. You, you mess up a lot. Some of them, I think, uh, oh, I'll be able to do this and I just can't. Uh, but yeah, you definitely just learn from just being on the outdoor rinks, mostly uh, making the time to just practice some things and, and have fun. How long does it take to learn some of those different tricks? Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of them a long time for sure. Um, some of the more simple ones, not too, too long. Like if I'm if I'm just doing kind of like a like where you have it on your blade and you do a spin and fake and throw it behind the back. Probably took me like a month to learn how mm -hmm. to actually fully do that uh, to actually just like change direction on it. But some of them aren't as hard. You're just kind of hoping the puck will land on edge or if you're throwing it up in the air, catching it on the ice. Um, and then other ones are just like, you just hope you get lucky. Like I think I had one that it blew up. It got like 17 million where I threw it behind my back and caught it in like the air with the toe and like dragged it kind of like Datsuk would. That one we did in like, I think it took like 16 takes, which we were lucky to get because you're you're just hoping the puck will land flat. And you're hoping the goalie will like slide over or try and catch the puck or whatever. Cause every time we do those moves, I can't just do the move repetitively because then mm -hmm. the goalie, you know, we're always doing this. So we got to mix it up here and there and do different moves in between. 
And I'm sure you've had some moments where maybe you weren't filming and you got it. And then you're like, oh, no, I didn't have that on film. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like that's that's most of the time that's what happens mm -hmm. uh, when I'm on my own. That's where I kind of learn the tricks. Uh, I'll be with a buddy and we'll try and do something together or I'll be on my own. Uh, and you're not filming for the most of it. And it, it's fine, though, because mm -hmm. that's like how you learn. At least you prove to yourself it's possible. And then when the camera rolls, you just hope uh, for some of them, you hope you get a little bit of, uh, you know, the hockey god shining on you right there. <laughs> so you mentioned just having the your social media channels, your YouTube page, having that where it is now and watching the growth of you being able to connect with different people from all over the hockey world. Did you ever envision it would be where it is now? No, never. Uh, I never planned anything either. Like I'm pretty much one of the worst business oriented uh, guys you can meet. So this whole thing kind of started just from doing it and posting it online and it kind of slowly snowballing and, and building into something else and learning as you go along. But there's there's no way I would I expect to do this. Like my goal was to have a job anything involving hockey, to be honest with you, whether that's just teaching kids to skate or, or doing what I do still, whereas like you're doing skill work with kids, like that was a dream just to be involved in the game past playing. So to be able to do this and have influence on more kids and, and just do what I love too. Like I, you know, when I'm doing these videos, it, it never seems like work. I, it's, it's something I'd be doing anyway, messing around on the rink, whether the cameras are rolling or not. Uh, when the outdoor rinks are here in Toronto, I'm out there like at least four out of the five days of the weekdays. So it's something I'm going to be doing anyway. Might as well film it. <laughs> you talk about training with different kids. I mean, where is a unique place that you've gotten to train? It seems like you've been able to train all over the world, too. Yeah, I mean, I've been all over like I'm, I, I've been doing lessons in uh, we've done Bangkok. We've done Malaysia, uh, Manila, like places you don't think hockey's big. Uh, obviously it's not that big compared, but you don't think they have hockey structured programming. I've been to a ton of sick outdoor rinks around the GTA area, Rink of Dreams being one of the one of the better ones. Um, yeah, like uh, Sweden, Finland, like places like that. I love seeing different cultures. I like talking to the coaches, their difference and how they approach development and uh, you know how they grow their minor hockey in terms of like in Finland, Sweden, they keep kids on the same club pretty much all the way through their training whereas in Toronto you get kids having to bounce around from team to team so it's fun to see the little differences in how people approach development and all that just getting to meet people from all over the world too what is that experience like do you have a, a story where that's something that really stands out from a time like that yeah, I think, uh, you know, the first time in, in Asia when I did my Asia tour was it was just cool to see the excitement from people you've, you didn't even know you had an audience there. I think that's really cool. Um, I'm not good with like crowds, too. So when you get into like the crowd scenario, go to tournaments, you have kids running up to you. I'm like, I'll get a little bit nervous and whatever, because it's kind of like uh, you're just not used to it, whatever. But mm -hmm. it's cool when you get like actually talking to them and just hearing they're enjoying the videos of where they're at in their hockey journey. And I kind of take myself back to when I was a kid watching people do cool moves or whatever, like videos online. It, it really does have a big effect. So it's cool to be in the position to, to have that effect. And then now in looking at your connection with the NHL, you've gotten to do a lot of different things, but do you have a favorite story from meeting an NHL player or working alongside one? 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, getting a skate with uh, Jonathan Taves was was pretty surreal uh, in Chicago. There I was doing Jeremy Roenick's hockey school and he had messaged me and we got some off ice time and some on ice time. And, you know, anytime you're working with a player like that, it's just number one, you're like a little bit starstruck because you're like, you know, this guy is someone you've looked up to your whole life. They're very talented and they've accomplished a lot. But then you boil it down to like, you know, what you think you can make them better at where what style of play are they uh, and how are you going to approach development to fit within that specific playing style? So with a guy like that, who's a, you know, two way sentiment plays good 200 foot game, very reliable on the back end, but also looking to get more offensive. You're trying to find ways he can get a little bit more involved or be a bit better along the boards or what have you. And those are wicked because you're just, just having the conversations is great because it really challenges me when you're working with someone of that caliber uh, and it's cool to just hear their insights, what they mm-hmm. think is important, where they think they're lacking in, whether they even know the difference in their curve, their flex, their lie and all that stuff, whether they pay attention to it. Everyone's different from everyone I've worked with, but it's it's really cool. I think he was great to work with because he just he wouldn't let me tell tell him that like he did a drill well if it wasn't. He just mm-hmm. wanted your honesty and uh, to just get right to the point and get better. And that's all I want to do as a trainer is get people better. That competitive style. Too. And then going along with that, I mean, it's a lot of studying, I would assume. Yeah, a lot of video, a lot, a lot of watching. I'm trying to pick up on patterns, things that happen a lot in our game. You know, it's like people watch the trick stuff I do and think I focus on that. And that's like a whole separate side of what I do. But the training aspect, I'm looking for what percentage of skills are used a, a lot in our game and how can we do those more effectively? Like as a player, you look at yourself, where do you find yourself on the ice? What what uh, situations do you constantly find yourself in? And how, how can we get better within those areas? You know, how can we sell a shot better? How can we pick up pucks along the boards better? Uh, it's kind of boring, like in theory, like when you write it down on paper, those things, but that's that's hockey. Most of the game is those basic foundational skills. And if you have a slight edge in your ability to change direction on a player in the NHL, that's worth a lot of money uh, and that's worth worth a lot to a team. So those uh, those are things I geek out on for sure. And just a reminder that we have exciting news. Gettle is now the official HVAC partner of the Anaheim Ducks and the Honda Center. Keeping things cool on the ice and warm at home. Gettle, your trusted HVAC and plumbing partner. Visit Gettle.com slash Ducks for exclusive promotions. G-O-E-T-T-L. We make comfort easy to spell. What do you think about how much the game of hockey has transitioned to that creative skill side rather than that old style that we saw for a long time? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm loving it. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I think the the product is better. I think skill shining through when we got rid of the clutch and grab. I think that was the big thing. Uh, and I, I know people think like, you know, hockey's gone softer in terms of no hitting. But I really, really think. Players are just far better with their edge work, their overall awareness of where players are around the ice uh, and just their elusiveness, uh, just being able to slip checks and stay away from potential hits and whatever, less suicide passes, things like that. So, you know, I I love that for, for hockey because it's just so fun to watch when you get those, those skill plays in, it helps us market our game better. And just for me personally, 
I love big hits. I love fights. I think they always will have a place in, in the game and it makes the game exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the skills shining through with those two things uh, as well is, is really what is going to elevate our game. And it's, it's great to see, obviously, use a guy like Zegris as a, a great example of that. Um, you know, a player who can do those finesse moves, but, you know, don't get the wrong idea with a player like Zegris just because he has done a couple lacrosse moves he can do the foundational skills if people watch him in full games quite well too. And he's uh, shown that pretty well, but I think people look at highlights a lot. They get it twisted that, Oh, that's all this guy can do, whatever, but he's uh, pretty well-rounded for sure. Let's talk about Trevor Zegris and that recent lacrosse style goal, the Michigan that he pulled off just a few weeks ago at this point. You also put out a video about a month ago about different ways to do the Michigan. So how hard is it to really pull off that move? Yeah, I mean, like for me, like with no pressure on me on an outdoor rink and a guy who's done it a lot with a fresh sheet of ice, not that hard, but the speed at which he's doing it, applying it in a game against the best players in the world, you can never understate how how difficult that is. And then the method at which Zegers did it, not only was he going the fastest anyone's ever gone for a Michigan, he had quite a bit of speed under him, but digging it up under the toe, anyone who's tried that the first time, it's insanely difficult. Uh, and Philip Forsberg was actually the first player to do that method where he let it dig under the toe. And I was blown away because you have like this much blade to scoop that puck under uh but obviously it's one of those things where you practice it enough you get the angle right of the blade and the puck just slides up it so you practice it enough those things don't become that difficult but again you factor in the snow build up and how slippery it can become and look just looking for the right instance to do it it was pretty insane especially just coming back from injuries <laughs> his first game back right after Bedard does it he's like no, no, this is how you do it. <laughs> In seeing other, you know, young hockey players around the hockey world trying that move and trying different skills, do you think it's setting up a new generation of skills too for the next to come? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, again, if you look at Instagram and you use that as your baseline of what kids think is important, you would just think all kids are doing is doing the Michigan move or all these lacrosse mm-hmm. tricks or that. You know, on Instagram, you have to realize that's that's purely highlight driven content for and content that does well is unique content that's difficult, hasn't been done very often and just looks cool. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, it it all comes down to the team and how they structure things. You obviously don't want to spend a whole lot of time doing skills like the Michigan because you don't use them a crazy amount. Mm -hmm. But the fact is. Almost all these kids now at like 12 years old can easily scoop a puck up on their stick. That's not a high skill move for these kids anymore. It's not like some insane skill. And that just goes to show you how this is kind of a new level uh, of creativity, a new level of what's what's baseline, uh, you know, appropriate in a game or possible in a game. That's drastically changing. And I see kids like who are like 10 years old who are like, oh, I can't believe you can do that, Pavel. And I'm like looking at them 10 years old, way better than I was at 10 years old, <laughs> able to do way more. They don't see how good they're going to get and how much they'll be able to do. But it's it's cool to see how much, uh, you know, they're changing the game. Do you have a favorite player to watch because of their skill set in the NHL at this point? Or I'm sure you have more than just one, too. Yeah, I got more than one. Like <laughs> I watch... 
I watch hockey differently than most people. So I don't secure one team. I, I have NHL network and I watch like periods of my favorite players. So uh, as much as he's hated around the league, I love watching Brad Marchand, <laughs> love watching Nathan McKinnon, obviously McDavid, Dreisaitl. I'm pretty obsessed with watching him. Um, you know, Pasternak, Barzell, I'm a big fan of, mm-hmm. uh, Barkov for different reasons. But yeah, players like that, uh, I love players who are high skilled, ho- high hockey IQ, play the game fast, uh, but great decision making skills. I just, I just think it's great because the flow of the game when players like that are on the ice, you can literally see the dynamics on the ice change and them controlling the pace. Uh, and it's just, it's just fun to watch those guys. So I try and bounce around, uh, watch a bunch of games. I like that you watch different players in particular. I mean, if, if your friends are watching a game with you, are they watching it similar to how you do because of they're they're used to how you approach the game? I think probably different. <laughs> like, you know, I think anyone who gets involved in development, you're just, you're just awareness of what is skillful or what is important maybe has changed just because you've studied it for longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like there's, uh, you know, plays along the boards where you're just catching a puck that's rimmed pretty hard and for them to just catch it up mid stride and go up the ice. That's a pretty insane skill to do uh, for, for certain, uh, if it's rimmed pretty hard. So things like that, I pick up on like, you know, two on ones, like you'll notice like guys on the strong side have the puck always in front of them loaded off to the side. And then on the weak side, it's behind them just to stay on their forehand. That's kind of stuff I, kind of pick up on and it's fun. Like my buddies will, uh, you know, ask me stuff or, or sometimes they'll point out stuff I wasn't aware of too, but it's definitely a different way to watch the game. Well, it's pretty cool for you this year. You're a part of the EA sports NHL 24. How did you get involved in that? Yeah. So I've been doing the, the motion capture for about five years for EA. Like it's not well documented. We put out one video a couple of years ago telling people I was doing it, but I used mm-hmm. to live in Vancouver, BC. Their, their offices are in Burnaby where you're on synthetic ice. They put the dots all around your body, your hands, your stick, all that stuff. And they just say, Barb's go in, do the Datsuk move, do uh, the bank off the pass Crosby move, do the Mohawk, whatever. And it's the best job ever. You're just sipping on a Gatorade in between takes and then they <laughs> tell you to do something, you go do it. I don't have to do any of the skating. So anyone who doesn't like the skating, mm. don't blame me. I just watch, <laughs> I just watch the guys who are sweating, sweating their butts off, going end to end, doing turns. I'm just chilling, doing the deeks and dangles uh, and all that stuff. But from, from that, just from working with them for all these years, I don't know how they chose the three, but it's it's obviously an honor to to be involved uh, in a video game and uh, to get, give me a rating of 87 was way too high, but I'll take, uh, I'll take it. Have you gotten to play with your Pavel character? I have. Yeah. I'm not a, a big video game guy, honestly, but I obviously, when uh, I was in the game, I was like, Oh, I gotta, gotta try it out. And uh, yeah, he looks a lot better than me uh, in, a, in a game. That's for sure. So he's doing, he's doing well. I was going to say, did you try any of the tricks or did you have a favorite move in the game that was a part of that? Yeah, I think like just the pullback move, that kind mm-hmm. of Datsuk move or the move people use on two on ones. They fake to pass it and just pull it back. That was my favorite to do just because it's so common in the mm-hmm. NHL and they didn't have it in the game for so long. And when they did put it in, uh, people were using it all the time and it looked you know, quite, uh, quite a lot like the NHL players are using it. And you just have to push the jumps that are the joystick down 
I have no hands in the video game. I'm terrible with a joystick. So as simple as it gets uh, for me, I'll be able to do something. Anything like the Michigan, I won't be able to do that. On the, on the I'll stick to the ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll stick to the ice. When you look ahead to just the future for you as uh, a creative and just going along with the stick handling skills, what are you hoping to, you know, accomplish as you look ahead in hockey as it continues to grow? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'd love to make time to work with more NHL players. Uh, you know, I think that's the ultimate and it's it's the most fun, fun kind of challenge for you. Like working with kids, I always want to work with kids. I think it's the most fun thing ever. And you have such a massive impact, especially at those ages of like 10 to 13 key developmental areas for them. And it's just fun. The kids are awesome all the time in my camps to work with. Uh, and then also build, I'm building out a course where I'm kind of trying to just reach more people uh, and, and teach them not only, you know, how you physically do a move, but also the application of that move. What situations are we looking for? What are we looking for in a defender's body language that's going to give us a, a little bit of cues that tells us what they're doing? And then on the opposite side, for me as a puck carrier, how can I hide those cues? How can I be hard to read while maximizing my options around me? That's kind of something I've been working on for quite a while and I'm very excited for because I've always wanted to reach more people. I get asked all the time for tips and whatever, but I'm finally making time to do that. For anyone that yeah. wants to check out your content, where can they find you? Yeah, I guess the main ones, Instagram at Hey Barber, TikTok at Hey Barber, and then uh, YouTube, just type in Pavel Barber. You'll, you'll find me there, youtube.com slash Pavel Barber. Awesome. Well, Pavel, it's been really fun having you on DuckStream. I'm looking forward to seeing what you continue to do and looking forward to seeing you also at the All-Star Weekend. Wicked. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. It's uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Light the Lamp. I am Alexis Downey. Come back again next time for more hockey talk on DuckStream presented by Gettle. And get your home cozy with Gettle Rejuvenation for just $129. We'll prep your HVAC for the season so you're ready to cheer on our ducks. Call 866-671-9822 or visit gettle.com slash ducks. G-O-E-T-T-L. We make comfort easy to spell. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duck Stream.